So just before we get started, I want you to see what the kids are doing. They're just like in the, just like in the kitchen eating and are on some type of device. <laughs> We're so proud. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Um, well, we're just going to uh, uh, spend just, just a few minutes um, this evening. Uh, if you'll go ahead and open up uh, the booklet. Um, so there's just some places for notes for uh, three sessions. So what I wanted um, for us to engage in this weekend um, is for us to wrestle with this idea of um, kingdom over culture. Um, if you are like me, uh, you live in this world and you watch TV Okay, and you talk to people, and you eat at restaurants, and you're on the internet, uh, and you are, uh, you are very much um, a person of the world that's knowing what's going on, and, uh, but also uh, that we uh, hopefully are pursuing Christ, and um, His kingdom is about uh, a lot different things than the world is. And so, um, if you're like me, I struggle with that. Um, daily. Uh, I feel like sometimes I'm, uh, every once in a while I feel like I'm cool and I know what's going on. Uh, and other times I feel like I am countercultural and I am uh, firmly in the Lord's place and pursuing the things that His kingdom is about. Uh, but oftentimes I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle, right? That I'm just struggling with how to live in this world as Jesus would have me live. And I and anticipate that you do the same thing. Yes? Yes. And so I want to um, hit, uh, kind of talk to us in, in kind of two angles. Number one, in the way in which I want you to process through how you personally um, battle with this, okay? Uh, what, your, what your personal, uh, if you, if, if the, um, if kind of your, if the world is kind of wet cement, right? Uh, there's certain spaces that we really have kind of sunk in a little bit, right? And I want us to be uh, more aware of uh, kind of where we sink in, because every one of us is going to have kind of certain struggles, certain convictions, certain, um, certain temptations as it relates to the things of the world. And so we're not all the same. Uh, but we also have friends, if that's not maybe us, that we don't struggle with that. We all know people and we all have other people that are believers that really struggle in some areas. And so as we uh, kind of wrestle with some things this weekend, I want you to feel better about what you need to be doing, right? To combat kind of being discipled by the world and be more discipled by Christ, but also how you can help others do that same thing, right? So as we understand it ourselves that allows us, right, with the plank in our own eye, <laughs> to start figuring out what it is that we need to do and also come gingerly, tenderly to others as they struggle with that same thing. Does that make sense? So it's not just us that we need to learn for, it is others. So I want you to uh, write this down. Discipleship is learning to live in the manner of. Discipleship is learning to live in the manner of. So we think about a disciple as a follower of Christ. We think about a discipler as someone that's helping, but we use this word discipleship over and over and over and again. And so I want you to kind of anchor there that discipleship is learning to live in the manner of. Um, uh, one of the only pastors that I kind of keep up with is a guy named John Tyson. And uh, he has one of my favorite videos. I probably showed it to a good bit of you. 
Uh, but he has this video and he talks about that the world does a way better job of discipling us than our churches do a lot of times. And what I mean by that is that the world is such a good disciple that we, have, that we are good at learning to live in the manner of it. Amen? And so that was, um, I think that was really helpful for me because I'd never thought about how, how, if I was like a good or bad disciple of the world. Because they're constantly trying to get me, you know, to do things and engage in things and be a certain way, right, and care about certain things. Um, but so is the Lord. And so th- He is the one that we're supposed to follow. Um, he is the one that we're supposed to learn to live in the manner of. All right, so here is uh, a quick um, exercise. All right, uh, what is the world... I want you to think, just for a minute, I want you to write down some things. What is the world like? Like if you were going to say um, to an alien that, sh- that rode in, and they're like, hey, hey, dude, like what's this place all about, you know? Uh, what is the world like? What is its ethos, if you've ever heard that term? What is its ethos? And so that's the characteristic spirit of a culture, era, or community as manifested in its beliefs and its aspirations. But I like the other thing, right? Dude, like, what's this place like? <laughs> so I want you to just think a minute about what the world is like, okay? So just write, I mean, it doesn't need to be sentences. It should just be words. Like, describe the world, like what it is about, what it cares about, what, it's, what is important to it. The people that are of the world, like, what are they like? If they are, if they are uh, devoted followers of the world's, ethos. What are they like? All right, so um, as you're, keep writing, keep thinking, uh, just throw some out. And so as you hear one that you like, you'll, ooh, I like that one. All right, write that one down. Who's got one? What's the world like? Segregated. Okay, segregated. It loves to segregate. It's his favorite. That's a good one. What else? Self-centered. Excellent. Right? It's, uh, that's great. Whatever y'all are doing, let me make sure that my stuff is taken care of, and then I'll be right with you. Maybe. If it's not too inconvenient. If I've got some free time. Yeah. What it says in Judges, everyone does what seems right to themselves. Yeah. Right? Everyone seems to do what's right in their eyes. As we see, that's like, nah, fitness is it, man. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Working too hard is it, man? Not working at all is it, man? You know? Think about all the things if you watch. Uh, in the last maybe three months, I don't know why, I've never watched YouTube very much, but I've like watched maybe five minutes a day now, and like the commercials that are like on between YouTube are hilarious. I really enjoy it. It's like, okay, so this is what people are trying to get people to do. <laughs> but yeah, everyone is, is kind of just trying to figure it out, right? What else? What else is the world like? Survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest, right? Uh, I want what I want, and then if I've got to step on you as long as I get what I want, like, sorry, you know, business. This business is not personal. What else? Fearful. 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 Absolutely. Lots of things to choose to follow. Yep. Take a little bit of this, a little bit of this. That's right. Little buffet. What else? Gratification. Uh huh. It's about what, right? What I can get right now. We don't like to wait for that thing. 
uh, we are an instant uh, culture, on-demand culture. A couple more. Feelings-oriented. Feelings-oriented, absolutely. What are some phrases that we use, KJ, that might, give, might <laughs> have you think that? <laughs> I feel everything. That should be a sweatshirt, not a t-shirt. It's like a, a, a really puffy, kind of schlubby, hooded sweatshirt. I feel everything, and I just kind of pull the... Yes. Subjective truth, right? That's, that's good for you. Hope that works for you. A couple more. Yeah, right? I mean, we'd turn on the news. I thought, I thought I was supposed to be eating like this. Oh, wait, no? Oh, wait, that's all that's bad for me, right? Like, we're, there's constantly, I read the, about six months ago, the dinosaurs have feathers. There's like, really? Oh, wow. They're just kind of making stuff up. <laughs> it's like, I think they have feathers. I have no confidence in you. It's chaotic. It's just all over the place. One more. Mm. It wants what it wants, and it wants it bad, right? Um, here is uh, here's uh, one more that I didn't mention that I thought about is that we believe technology can save us, and it's inherently good, right? If it's got some buttons and some lights and a screen, like I, I need it and I want it. And it's good for me. I think that the world thinks that all we just need, we just need to be a little bit more educated. If we can just love each other a little bit more, right? It's like we're, we think we're so close, yet it must not watch TV. <laughs> we can just... No, sir. And lastly, uh, all I thought about is individualism is encouraged and celebrated, right? Not... Not like Sims is awesome, but just like, man, you just like, just you being different, man, is just, I love that. Right? That, that community, the, the good of the community is not celebrated much, right? It's just that you're different and that you're doing, um, that you're doing you, that that's what you should do. So as we're, um, as we're thinking about what the world is, I want us to think through uh, kingdom over culture as it relates to three issues. And so these are the kind of the things that we're going to look at uh, over the, just the three times that we spend together. This first one is uh, love of the world. This is a problem for us. This is a problem for me. Okay. Um, there are some times when I love uh, the world way too much. So I want to look at four scriptures. That's it. We're going to look at four. Talk just a minute and, kind of, and, uh, and roll on. Uh, if somebody would look up uh, Matthew 6.24 for me. Matthew 6.24. Okay? Go ahead and read that for us. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So here's some questions I want you to ask. As we look at four scriptures that talk about love of the world, I really want you to, to, to think about both yourself and then just people you hang out with and what you do, right? Are we promoting, right, love of the world? Because he's going to, Jesus is going to, and Jesus, who else are we going to hear from? Uh, James and John. Uh, and they, uh, they are not fans of the world. <laughs> They're going to tell us that, Love of the world is the worst thing. And so as we look at this first one, the, first, the question 
Um, as he says, no one can serve two masters. For either will hate the one and love the other, he will devote it to one and despise the other. Do you struggle with feeling like we have two or more things vying for control in our lives? Do you have friends of yours that that is what it feels like sometimes? How many of you have uh, worked a job and are in school at the same time, right? M many of you currently. <laughs> Why is that so hard? Right, like I've got this thing to do and I've got this other thing to do, right? It's, uh, I want to bring this tension of feeling about serving two things at the same time, right? I have a family, right? And then there's ministry needs. Like it, it is tension, right? I feel like I'm serving two masters and it is hard. So, so when we say that, why, why do we hate one and love the other? Or despise one and love the other? I want you to think about why that is. It's really important. Because when we love the world, right, I'm going over here and doing this thing. What God is about is 100% is, is of the time the opposite of that. And as I want to do this, but I know I should be doing that, I'm... I'm loving this, right? I'm doing it, and I'm despising the, the thing that, I, that I'm supposed to be doing over here. Does that make sense? Like, I'm, I'm mad that I can't do this. Do y'all ever feel that? Because I think a lot of times we just think we're supposed to hate the world, but here he's talking much more specifically. That no one, like, he's not saying most of you or some of you aren't really good at it. He says no one can serve two masters, and yet we try all the time. Anyone else? Maybe it's just me. Yeah, totally just. Well, the Lord won't let us do it. I mean, it says in 1 Corinthians 10.21, you cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot share in the Lord's table and the table of demons. Like, God just won't let us do it. He won't let us, he won't let us go and do those things and also, you know, share, share in, in fellowship with Him. So I think his Holy Spirit is working like crazy, but we, we have autonomy. He gives us autonomy and we can uh, not do that. I think he won't let us tarry in it, right? But as we think about the choices that I make, I think we need to uh, kind of think about that tension because I think that is descriptive of a lot of our days, is it not? Right? That I love, Lord, until there's this other thing that I want to do <laughs> and that I'm despising that, that he's mad at me for doing the thing that, that I want to do. Do one of the things, think about kind of the last two things that you struggled with in this manner. Do one of these things making claim on... Uh, uh, do uh, one of these things make a claim on your life um, make you hate it or despise uh, it? Like why, why does it feel like hate or um, despising? not just oh I can pass this up but even the option of it is like 
Ew. <laughs> Why would you offer that to me if we are truly deeply in love with the proper master? Right. Or, or conversely, right, as I love the thing that I'm wallowing in, right, and then we think about the purity of Jesus, and it, again, it's the same thing. It's like, ugh. You know, as I, as I go by someone that's really in shape, and I'm not, and I'm like, I hate you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Renee, were you going to say something? And you'll see this in yourself and others, right? As they just like are mad <laughs> about it. Like, I mean, like, why are you so mad? But then when you do that, you're like, oh, I remember like what, what kind of the turmoil that I'm going through, right? As I'm struggling with these two things that are vying for my attention and my allegiance. Any other thoughts about that? Just that struggle <clears throat> of despising. It starts with you cannot serve two masters and it ends with you cannot serve both God and wealth. All right, so let's look at another uh, scripture here. So James 1, 27. Somebody read that one. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and false is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Mm. So saying as we are engaging right in learning to live in the manner of, right, as um, James is eluding me. Right, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. I want to include this orphans and widows in the stress part because um, as we think about worldliness and all the things that it, um, like it, it's, it, it is uh, down with, with like puppies being adopted, right? And, it, and it, uh, it's okay with, with um, like, easy things that make us feel good, but things that, as it relates to orphans and widows, like they have nobody in the world, right? And they need someone <laughs> to be for them in this world. And so as it, as it like it, it the, the thing that he wants to anchor us in right here is like, here is what it looks like to follow me. It is to take care of those that can't take care of themselves. And the only way we do that, right, is to be selfless. Right, but then he goes one step further and says that we, um, it is to keep oneself unstained. What's the word picture here? That as we live in the world, right, what, what gets on us? Have you ever work, walked into like, I mean, a really horrific stink? Anybody? Like just, I'm trying to think of like, there's certain smells that just kind of get on you. There you go. You walk out of the chicken plant in Columbia. Do you smell like that? Yes. yes. I, I one time smelled uh, a very large man uh, that smelled like Parmesan uh, cheese. <laughs> and I've never smelled like a 250-pound block of Parmesan cheese, but it was not good. 
Like it was the one of the worst smells I have ever smelled in my entire life. I was like, what is that? And I was like, my mind was just kind of racing. Parmesan. <laughs> so much. I, I want to, that this, this kind of metaphor that he uses of stain, right? It's like what, uh, can I remember stains that I've gotten on myself? Have, do you? I think I asked this like with the college group a couple weeks ago. I, I mean, I can like three or four times in my life, I can remember like a bad stain. Like you're just someplace, you just got something on you. And like what, what's so bad about like, you know, spilling a glass of wine on your shirt or like getting dirt on something that's like, it'll never come out. Like what's so bad about like what, why are we so troubled by this? Everyone knows I spilled it on myself. Right. I can't get this shirt fixed again. It's right. Over. I liked it. And now it's right. gone. And yeah. Everyone knows I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. What else? Also, that thing is not in a condition. Like, it's like presentable. No. no. Right? Like, when you spill something on yourself bad enough, what do you do? Do you hang out in that place? <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, I've seen people put on, like, little kids' clothes after they've spilled stuff on themselves because they would rather that than what they're wearing, right? <laughs> I remember 15 years ago, I spilled an entire packet of, um, like, sweet and sour sauce from Chick-fil-A. It, the stain went from here to here, and here's basically like an oil stain, like, on my entire thigh. And I had to go out in public, and I was mortified. I was like, from a stain, but here, this, this, so this, so I want us to try to remind us, like, this word picture is really helpful, right? Jesus is saying, I want you to remain unstained from the world. How does the world stain us? Actually, one more, met- uh, before that, one more metaphor. Uh, Revelations 19, it talks about the wedding, um, the wedding of, the, um, of Christ, right, and his bride, the church. And it describes that the church, right, is dressed in uh, fine linen, which is the righteous acts of the saints, right? It's pure white. That, right, that is, that is the church, the bride's wedding dress. And so this is kind of creeping in on this picture, right? That that is how the church is supposed to present her to herself, to her husband, right? And here, James is talking, kind of, uh, kind of alluding to that fact of us being remaining unstained from the world. How do we stain ourselves? Okay, so how, how do those things stain us? It affects what we think about. Okay. Okay. What other things stain us? If, if the world is a stain, how can I have the world all over me and somebody see it? Yeah, me too. 
that was a big thing for me as well. Right, repeating jokes. <laughs> uh, just recently, like if you yeah, talk to me, it's like, man, that guy watches a lot of TV. <laughs> Did you see this show? And you're just repeating you know, over and over again. Maybe, maybe one more thing. How do we get stained by the world? I think the self-centeredness that was brought up, I think that can kind of slip into our approach to church sometimes. Okay. Like, okay, what can I get out of this? Yeah. And that, that thought can become very subtle even at times. Yeah. I don't think it's really that subtle. I'm out in the world of me, <laughs> and I'm going to get that, that mentality uh, the last thing about, uh, about staining is I usually get stained while I'm messing with something, right? That maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> that I'm just really just kind of all into it and like, ah, crap, I got this. Mm, ah, dang it, let me, uh, you know? And, but before long, we, it's not just like a mistake. It just kind of happens because we are just engaged with the world and its stuff and just stuff gets on us, Right. And it's very obvious to everyone, including ourselves. All right. 4-4, four, four, James 4-4. Four, four. Somebody read that one. Please. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. All right, so we've got kind of two statements here. The, there's this uh, kind of name calling, adulterous, not a good name. Right, and then goes to this idea of friendship. I want you to equate those things. Okay, so as you're kind of walking through in your mind and kind of trying to connect, okay, what is he talking about and why? That Because we're friends with all sorts of people, right? Like we call ourselves friends with all sorts of people, but a lot of times we're just acquaintances with those people we call friends. What's a different, what, what, when we're really friends with somebody, right? What, what are, how are we with them, right? What, what's the difference between an acquaintance and a friend? in the ways that they affect us, the ways that we engage with them. We don't share a lot of interests. Okay. Okay. Great definition. Somebody add to that a little bit. Okay. Yep. I like it. You don't have to try hard. Okay. Hmm. All right, so let's apply each of those, um, each of those pieces of definition. I think all those are really helpful. Right, you adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? That if God wants our allegiance, right, if He wants us to exercise total faith, right, that He is our authority, that He is our King, when we kind of get in bed with the world. Um, he's saying um, that's not a no-fault relationship. You understand? Like that, that's, because that is what I do. 
I'm married to the Lord, and it's like, let me kind of go and engage with the world, and I think that that doesn't matter, right, to this other relationship. Does that make sense? And so I think this is, this is why he uses this heavy-handed language. Like, it's, it's a big deal, right, to go and be buddy-buddy, chummy-chummy, right, lovey-lovey with the world. What do you think about that? Does that feel too harsh? He says, don't you know? He is speaking into our ignorance. He's like, Rob, don't you get it? Like, you can't play with that stuff. Because as you do that, right? Remember, we can't serve two masters. Right? As you do that, right, you get stained. (laughs) And you don't like that, do you? Yeah, I think that I really like that that nuance of how you explain that because that is how it feels, right? That like, God, you're giving me everything I want, but there's that that there's that thing. It's like, I'm just gonna dip in real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna get that thing, and he's saying, don't you don't you understand, right? That friendship, like if you keep going, you know, I just went over to the house just to you know just to meet them, and so I'm going back over there, and I'm going back over there, and you're like you're there. Right, it's, it's what Psalm 1 describes. Right, we sit, we stand, and then we scoff. Right, it's the, don't you understand with the, with the, um, that being a friend of the world, right, I make myself an enemy. So I don't mean to, but it's like if you keep going that way, I need you to understand that, that that's what that leads to, right? You're not, you may be not right now, but you're, that's moving away from me. Thoughts about that? Again, I, I need you to also just not think about yourself, but about others. Like you have friends that struggle mightily with this. I see folks all around me that I have conversations with. I know what their lifestyle is like. They are struggling with. They do not understand that friendship with the world means that they're in. Like they don't think that that's the case. I can be friends with the world. And there are, there are absolutely ways uh, where that's right and appropriate and good, uh, but I think it's helpful for us to hold this intention, right? To say, like, there's a difference between me loving those people and being their friends and being a friend of the world, right? When we're really honest, we can tell. 
who's, yeah. who's acting like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, any other thoughts about that one? A lot of those relationships are started with good intentions. Yep. It's very easy to fall down the slope. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's very slippery slope. It is. Write down Psalm 1 and review that. That's a great um, reminder of that kind of subtle movement, right? To not just kind of be in, kind of in their company, to actively scoffing, right, at, um, at what the Lord is about and about Him in particular. All right, lastly, 1 John 2.15. First John 2.15. Okay. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in it. Hmm. Best one for last. So this last one is warning us not to love the world. What is kind of the first and second commandment? What does it say to love? Right? And then there's a second thing. Right? When I, when I love the world, I would say, as I was, I was thinking about uh, this week, um, I'm loving myself best. Anybody else feel like that? If I think about the things that is, when I'm going after the world stuff, I'm really going after my stuff. Right? So you're saying, don't love the world nor its things. But its things is it, right? <laughs> Anybody ever gone out with somebody because they had a boat? <laughs> Me neither. I can imagine it, though. I can imagine it. Like, I'm really pale, and I don't go out, and I shouldn't go out in the sun that much, and, and so that's not really been kind of a real temptation for me. But if I wanted to, I'd be like, yeah, a boat. <laughs> but if we think about Jesus' temptation, right, it, it's, he's always like, he's like, I have these things at my disposal, like, if you'll just do this, I'll give you this, right? If you'll just work 90 hours a week, man, you'll be able to retire at 35 and do nothing. <laughs> Don't love the world, nor its things, right? That's just kind of a, a statement. And the explanation, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This is one of the hardest things that I've, I've come to realize, right, is that right, love is a choice, right, but love is also active, right? And, but if, as I'm actively, like, loving something different, it's like draining, <laughs> right, the activeness out of something else. So, so for instance, let's say... Uh, McClendon, uh, there was a time where he was really into all sorts of things. Like, he's really into stuff. He's really into, like, Marvel stuff. He's really into, like, Pokemon. Right Right now, he's really into Nerf guns. Okay? So, I mean, he's, he's following, like, the boy trajectory, right? These are not odd things for boys to, to like. But he can't really be into Pokemon and into Nerf guns in the way that he's really into stuff. You understand? But you know this. Even if you're not this way... That when we start, right, actively pursuing, right, one thing, 
that if we're gonna, if we have like a finite amount of like energy, as our energy sucks over here, like it's gone from this space. All right, if love is a choice and it's active, then when, you, then when we read, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That the thing that we are actively, right, engaging in, giving our authority to, that we, we have none of that to give to God. And that would be descriptive of me when I follow the world. Is that descriptive of you? As you think about when you're struggling, when you're uh, moving away from Him, when you're just in your own stuff and dealing with your own stuff as far as uh, struggling to love others well. It's that I have switched my allegiance. (laughs) I have switched my activeness and my choosing to the wrong thing. So here's, here's where I want to end. Here, here's where the problem is. I want to define this really well for myself and for you. From these four verses, we learn that love of the world makes us hate God. It's not like we're indifferent to Him. Like when we love the world, we hate God because He doesn't want us to love the world. He is trying to take what we want. That's why it's hate. <laughs> the rich young ruler thinks that he's trying to pursue Right, the thing, and, and he says, well, well, what do I do here? Well, you give away all the stuff that makes life worth living to you right now. He's like, no. It says he was sad, but I think as he walked away sad, he just got madder and madder. Right, how dare him? Right, love of the world makes us hate God. Number two. Stain of the world ruins us and our witness. Love of the world makes us hate God. Stain of the world ruins us and our witness. Number three, God doesn't want us to be friends with the world. It will make us his enemy. That's so helpful for me as I think about that. It's not just like he is just trying to like micromanage me. He's saying, Rob, do you understand that if you go over there and be friends with that idiot, <laughs> Mr. World, right, that it will make you my enemy. And I know that you don't want that, but that is what that leads to. God doesn't want us to be friends with the world because it will make us his enemy, and he loves us. <laughs> he went through all this to reconcile us, right? And number four, and lastly, we'll close here. God requires us to love one thing above all else. God requires us to love one thing above all else. And so that's going to lead us to, we're going to spend some time in the morning talking about um, idolatry and authority. So it doesn't mean that we can't love other things and give our time to other things, but we can't give our love and our time um, to other things above Him. 
And so as we, um, yeah, as we close, if I could get one of y'all uh, just to pray, and we'll enter in uh, uh, just, uh, just some hangout time, or if you want to head off to bed or whatever. But as opposed to kind of having like a formal uh, kind of discussion time, I would love for, yeah, you just, uh, as we're eating some pie, ice cream or whatever, uh, just to, to finish the conversation a little bit, uh, just to give some thoughts to somebody sitting around you, um, what you're chewing on, if you want to sit here a minute and just kind of write down a couple thoughts. Um, but, uh, but Renee, can you pray for us?